What's up, my good peoples? Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're talking about ideas to stimulate wholesome thinking into identity, purpose, vision, and action. I am James Anderson, and with me is Logan Eaton, my good bro. What's happening? Not much. Just hanging out. Just hanging. Hanging around. Hey. Loitering. Nice. <laughs> like at a Taco Bell parking lot? Yeah, I almost got I almost got charged for loitering at a Wendy's <laughs> or a Dairy Queen. <laughs> you were waiting to get another smoothie? <laughs> yeah. Apparently you can't stand outside very long in those places. Oh my gosh. They got those signs. Yeah. It had only been a couple hours, but a few hours. <laughs> I was... When I was in Australia, there was um, there was like uh, they had you know, bridges over train tracks, and there was one not too far from where I was staying. And um, I don't even know why I was just hanging out there, and it was nice because there was a breeze that went through the train track. Because I don't know, there was stuff on either side. The bridge was over the, the train the, track. Yeah, there was a walking bridge that went over the train track. Oh, okay. And so I was standing on the bridge just hanging out oh, okay. and there was a breeze that would go through that kept all the mosquitoes away so i was just kind of hanging out there apparently i was hanging out there too long <laughs> because the metro police came <laughs> came by and they were like uh, yeah they're just seeing what's going on there's like the lady, the lady the, somebody who was ever watching that the cameras was afraid i was gonna jump or something <laughs> Can't even enjoy I was the like, breeze. No man, anymore. you guys, you guys must get all kinds of crazy calls, huh? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, if you're not paying for the breeze, get off the bridge. <laughs> we got taxpayers that built this bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's extreme. Everybody's got to be worried about something. Hey, well. It's because people actually do end up on the tracks. That's why. And you were standing on the ledge like, I'm going to do it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe I was crying and maybe I was <laughs> no, <just> kidding. <laughs> no. Joke. Yeah, there's a, there's a sweet bridge in Van Buren that's uh, it's a, the railroad is the bridge. So you can go up on the railroad and walk across the railroad bridge. Mm. And there's a way down underneath it. There's a river underneath there. And we would go there and hang out sometimes. An active train track? Yeah, we would just sit on the train track bridge, yeah, and throw rocks off or just like hang trains out there. use that track? Yeah, but, I mean, you can see them if they're coming you can down see the train or hear them. <laughs> 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 and, uh, but, yeah, that was, always, that was always our place to go hang out was on the railroad bridge in the park, in mm. the river park. And uh, one time we, I was with a friend, and we were walking down that railroad, and on both sides were like thick trees and branches and weeds and stuff. And a yeah. train did come <laughs> and we had to run to get to the nearest road oh to where my. we could get off the thing. But, but cause it was far down. Uh, yeah, it sloped way down, but it just, it was just like rocks. And then immediately there was like, you could have went in the weeds and stuff if you had to, but pretty close. Yeah. Mm. We could, the road was, was pretty close. So we just ran for the road, but, um, speaking of <laughs> train tracks, mm. Nobody monitoring that, apparently. No, that was kind of in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the wilderness. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I was cleaning up my desk, and I found this um, paper with quotes on it. It's amazing. How it's long like, ago do you think they were? What? That <laughs> I wrote these bad boys? Yeah. I don't know. It's a John Maxwell quote, so 
It's been a little bit. Yeah. Since I read that, uh, one of those books. But it went like this. It said, adversity doesn't build character. It reveals it. When you have good character, difficulty only makes you more determined. When your character is weak, difficulty makes you discouraged. Work on your character now. When the storm comes, it's too late to prepare. Wow. Whoa. That's interesting. <laughs> Adversity doesn't build character. It reveals it. Yeah. Good character makes you more determined in difficulty where discouragement is a lack of character saying. Yeah, it kind of, yeah. Sees how far your roots go down mm. into the ground. Yeah, well, that's that whole concept of if your strength fails in time of testing or trouble, then how strong was your strength? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. It is interesting. Because I had heard, I've heard characters formed by pressure. I've heard that. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I like them revealed, though. Because mm. like you were built with character. Think so? Well, let's learn. But yeah. Yeah. That's Pretty interesting. Fun. Yeah. Very interesting. You were reading a verse. What was that verse? Yeah, Ezekiel. Good old Zeke. One of my favorite books. That's a good book, man. It's a little bit different. What did he tell us about? What it, what had the beginning start? Well, the beginning of the book starts with some some creatures and fire. Oh yeah, and then what about the link? Yeah, yes, it does. That guy, that guy had some sick vision. <laughs> yeah. By sick, he I mean was, sweet. Yeah, uh, I think at one point he was like traveling in the air to a place. Fucking duck. Well, but. I guess. After you hear about, well, then what? He laid on. He had to lay on his side <laughs> yeah. for like a yeah. hundred and something days. A lot of time, and then like four hundred days. He had to cook his food over cow patties. And yeah, he had to use animal, re- which at first was going to be human refuse, <laughs> yeah. and then God was like, "All right, you can be animal refuse." <laughs> had some compassion. <laughs> yeah, but he laid on his side and he couldn't get up for like. A couple years. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he couldn't even get up. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine no. Ezekiel's face when God told him, like, you got to cook your food over this stuff? And then he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. That's not a good idea. Cook it over. <laughs> <laughs> Ezekiel's just jaw drops. And he's like, yeah, you're right. That's not a good idea. <laughs> he's like, but it'll be convenient. It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they used to do that. Like that cow patties was a was a was a it's fuel at flammable. one point. Yeah, and Indians used to use it as fuel. I think and that is a serious science fact. Not I'm not making that, but up. just a modest science fact. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not a modest science fact. That that is a legit serious. That's fact. legit serious. Yeah. I think I early think days. I'm positive. Used to light them on fire, and that was what you cooked with. Ah. So that doesn't seem too extreme, but okay, seems um, a little gross. But I guess if it's flammable, yeah, it'll I cook so. your food. Methane, <laughs> it's always flammable. So they say. Um, but yeah, this section is in uh, Ezekiel twelve, and I'll just read it. 
This is verse 21. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, what is this proverb you have in the land of Israel? The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to put an end to this proverb and they will no longer quote it in Israel. Say to them, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled, for there will be no more false visions or flattering divinations among the people of Israel. But I, the Lord, will speak what I will, and it shall be fulfilled without delay. That's through 25. Mm. Just interesting stuff. It seems like there was an attitude, like we were talking about, there was an attitude of like... uh, um, is apathy maybe a good word? I don't know. Like where you're just like, I don't, we don't really doubt. Yeah. Doubt. We don't really care about what happens. Fed up. Um, yeah. uh, where yet yeah, the days go by and every vision comes to nothing where it's like, yeah, nobody, nobody knows what the truth is. Nobody cares anymore. Um, so yeah, God told Ezekiel to say to them, like they're, they're going to find out really fast that that proverb is false, that, um, everything that I've said is going to come true Mm. and it's going to be done real. It's going to be done without delay. Um, So yeah, I think it's just a good, I think it's just a good reminder to be like, be careful what you listen to when things don't seem to be working out or things seem to be going slow. Just remember that things will be, will be fulfilled. And if people are saying like, yeah, it doesn't really matter that, you know, you shouldn't care about that or whatever. Um, like the truth, what God said with the truth is, is going to stand regardless of what other people say. Like, why do you believe that? Or why do you stand for that? Or blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, just a good reminder that God fulfills his word and that, that, uh, um, um, you know, the good things that he declares are going to happen. And he, mm. he doesn't, doesn't delay. He doesn't show up late. Um, yeah, so just be careful. Be careful about the the the, the secular attitude, the world, the attitude of the world, because um, it might. I don't know. It seems easy sometimes to just be like, yeah, I don't care anymore. I give up. Yeah. And you know, there's too much bad things going on. There's too much doubt. Whatever. You know, it's easy to say, yeah, the days go by. Every you know, all my visions have come to nothing. So whatever, I'm done. Um. But you just want to be careful of those attitudes, and then remember that. Um, like God doesn't show up late and that, um, uh, and a lot of stuff that, you know, we have, God gives us the power to do, to go, uh, to go look for stuff, to go change an environment that needs changed. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what we're going to talk about, right? Yeah. If we segue. Yeah. Whoa. Is that like one of those, uh, scooters? (laughs) You ever ride one of those? No. I haven't either. Wish. Yeah. It looked fun. I haven't rode a scooter in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a serious fact. (laughs) That's a modest fact. (laughs) Yeah. Ever since my motorized cart blew up a spark plug. (laughs) (laughs) Blew right out of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that made me think of, um, who can remember where it is anymore, but... um, Maybe it's an Isaiah 12 or something, 10 or who, who remembers. But it goes to the tune of this. It says, I am God and there is no other. I make known the end from the beginning. Yeah, and just like talking about I will fulfill all my words and I do what I please. 
Yeah. And, um, yeah, just in line with what you were talking about, about forgetting about what it looks like and getting sold on God's word. Yeah, where, uh, who was it? Peter talked about, you know, God's not slow in keeping his promise. Oh, yeah. You know, a day to him is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, because the second part of that is like, I think can God's saying like, I do what I will and I get it done on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, frustration, doubt, anxiety, worry, all this stuff can cause that secular attitude of like, yeah, I don't care anymore. Mm. Yeah, for sure. For sure sometimes for sure. it's worth going out and looking for what's missing. Mm. What's what's missing in the environment? My environment. You're. Your environment. Oh. The climate environment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight we're talking a little bit about um, it's worth the search. The segue. <laughs> it's worth finding a segue and riding on one. No, but... Um, in Luke 15, you know, Jesus talks a little bit about um, uh, the guy who leaves the 99, looks for the one sheep, and the woman who lost, who had 10 coins but lost one, and they went and looked for it. And Yeah, so we're just kind of like looking a little bit tonight at, at this concept of the search. So in Luke 15, the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law, they're like freaking out. They're like, hey, come on. They just, uh, it just doesn't make any sense why Jesus is hanging out with these tax collectors and sinful people. And so in response, Jesus goes like this, right? He says, if a man had a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp, sweep the entire house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels even when even one sinner repents. Yeah, I think, you know, those guys are kind of freaking out. They'd be like, why would you hang out with these people? And he's like, you don't understand. These are my people. Like, these are my people. But they, like, they don't know me. So they're never going to know me if I don't go and oh, be yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, too. And so you look at this guy, right? He, he's he got 100 sheep and 99 of them are exactly where they should be, but one is lost. So he leaves 
the 99 to go find the one that was lost. In the same way, the woman who had 10 coins, right? She lost one. So she put down the nine and she went and searched intently until she found the one that was lost. Yeah, I was just kind of looking at this concept of searching. You know, especially in terms of like your people. So like your gifts and your purpose, right? It's a, it's a solution to a problem. It's a fulfillment of a need. So when you kind of start discovering this gift and discovering the, the, the problem that you solve, at least the genre, right, of, of, of direction that you kind of solve, then you kind of find your people. But it can be possible to, like, even though you kind of know the ish, you know the people that, you're, that have the problem that you want, maybe you don't know, maybe you're having a hard time finding them. And it could be because they're not where you normally go, right? Like the 99 sheep were where they were supposed to be. But the man had to leave the 99. He had to, to leave the normal, the, the normal habits, the normal behaviors, the, the, the normal um, events and just the, the normal way of life. And he went and searched for the one sheep he was looking for. He didn't leave the 99 because the 99 don't have any value. He left because they equally all hold value. You know, it says um, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. This, he's not talking about like you don't have any value because you didn't stray away. He's just talking about there's something that is his that is not where it should be. And I'm going to go retrieve it. And this is what Jesus says in response to like hanging out with these tax collectors and these sinners, if you will. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. I guess my initial thought was like, uh, like, like the Pharisees, um, like the Pharisees, the world will try to persuade you not to go looking for, whatever's whatever you whatever you need to look for like that like i think i can hear like the voices of like well, well you've already got 99 sheep what's mm -hmm. one you've already you got it you got nine coins that's you can buy a lot of stuff with nine coins what's another one <laughs> <laughs> so the world will try to be like yeah what are you doing mm. why are you look why are you spending time and just like you get those voices of like like the pharisees of like why are you why are you spending time with these people you've got all these other people that are following you or or uh um you know, why do you why do you want to go do that when you've got this or why do you uh um just with anything it's just like the world will try to the world will try to knock you off course um with different voices and tactics of like making you question why you're doing something um and 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 make you think like well you know the those those thoughts of like yeah i do have 99 sheep what is another one mm. but if they but if the the value is equal there's value in going and looking for whatever that whatever that thing is that is missing. If the value is equal to if the one is equal to the ninety nine, then there's value in going and finding that thing, that other piece of the thing that's missing. Um, so yeah, I guess that was just that was just my um, 
my initial thought is like the world will try to make it seem like it doesn't make sense to go looking for whatever that thing is that's missing. It's got equal value to what you have now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, e- even with the thought of like, oh, well, I mean, you still have the 99, like take care of the ones that you have. Mm, but it's like, yeah. no, no, those ones are good. Uh, yeah. Let me go get this other one. And just even in the sense of like value, because like the Pharisees were like, yeah, I don't understand why you're with these people of no value that are evil and do bad things and whatever. Um, Basically, but it's just that concept of like, it's a misjudgment of God's heart to kind of count other people out. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's just like, I, I, you know, it's just, so it's like, he's like, no, I'm going to leave you guys <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go after these other person. Right. He's like, it's not, it's the healthy are not the ones who need a doctor. It's the yeah. sick. Yeah. So why would I hang out with a bunch of healthy people when the solution that I bring necessitates sick people? Yeah. So yeah. it's like when your gift solves a certain kind of problem, it's geared toward a certain kind of people. And it's possible that your people aren't where you normally go. It's not where the 99 normally are. It's Maybe it's not where everything's mostly put together and in nice little boxes, right? Yeah. It's more like, oh, this is, I got to go somewhere where these people are. You know, where, where the broken are, where the lost are, where the people who hang out in darkness, right? The people who are stuck in cycles of total and epic suck, you know, of, you know, these just generations, generations of misuse and abuse and poverty and whatever. It's like if, if these are the people that you want to go, that, that you have a solution for it, you gotta, you gotta go where they are. Yeah. You gotta leave what you know if, <laughs> and you gotta create some kind of a pipeline to be able to funnel in these people into your life. You got to create re- new relationships. You got to meet new people. You got to go to places you didn't even know existed, right? You got to research. You got to, yeah. cause these people looked, man, they were like, they had no idea. This one guy had no idea where the sheep was. So he took off and he looked, maybe he's looking at the tracks, looking at the sheep poop. He's, you know, he's just like, he's looking. The woman had no idea. She lit a lamp so she could see. And she swept the entire house and carefully looked. It's just like, it's worth the search. It's worth the trial and error. It's worth the the audacity, that bold risk of like, well, what if what if I make a fool of myself or what if this is the wrong direction or what if I commit to something and it was wrong? It's like, what if I just go all in yeah. and work it out? What if I just jump in, find these people, commit to anything and everything I can and just how can I find these people? How can I get in there and start solving some problems? How can I find these people that belong to God and just don't know it? Yeah. Yeah. Because everybody came from God. Everybody, 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 everybody came from God and everybody belongs in God. And the people who don't just don't know it. And these are the people we're after. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wonder what you could buy with I wonder what you could buy with nine coins. <laughs> Not as much as you could with ten. <laughs> Tell you that much right now. Could probably how much a coin was worth. Silver coin. You can buy a Segway. <laughs> All I can picture is like those chocolate gold coins that are oh. at the chocolate foil and they're gold. Yeah, they come in those little That's nets. All I can picture her looking for was like a big <laughs> coin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so on the flip side to this, or not really so much flip side, but laterally speaking. In Luke 12, Jesus was kind of talking about the correct perspective of what life is about. Um, And I think, you know, it it kind of talks about responsibility and just kind of as we're talking about searching and looking like these guys knew what they were looking for. Like the the guy who lost his sheep was looking for sheep. Uh, The woman who was looking for the coin, she knew she was looking for a coin. And. In Luke 12, Jesus is kind of talking about the faithful, uh, sensible servant. And, um, and it's just this concept of, one, knowing what, what you've been given responsibility for and then being diligent in it. But if you're not sure what your responsibility responsible for if you're not sure what your gifts are if you're not sure where you should go if you're not sure what god's will is what his plan is what what, what the original intent for mankind what jesus has given us to do or just even the heart of god it's like if you're not sure of what to do then how could you possibly succeed at doing it and um this this just kind of lends itself a little bit to it so in uh, some of Luke 12, it goes a little bit like this. He says, a, f- a, a faithful and sensible servant is one to whom the master can give responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, that master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant thinks my master won't be back for a while? He begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut that servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful and a servant who knows what the master wants, but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. I just, you know, it's just this concept of like the more clear you are, about who you are and why you are and where you're going. The, the more you understand what you're responsible for and the more you can kind of diligently give yourself to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a responsibility there. Yeah. To figure out, figure that out to be, to get clear on like what, um, What uh, what it is that need, that you can bring to get done? There's a responsibility in figuring, making that clear, and then and then planning to 
planning to fulfill it and planning to carry it out. Um, I was going to say something else, but then I forgot. But a lot of people just like, uh, like, yeah, my purpose is to, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to speak for other people or make anything sound bad, but it's like, there's a responsibility to like, to ask yourself those questions of like, what, what is my purpose? What, what, what was I built for? What is my natural habitat? What is, you know, what am I good at? How can I help people? What can I do? Um, and get clear on that instead of, um, just being like, yeah, I need a job. So I'll get a job and then, uh, I'll go to church and you know, whatever. And like, uh, I think that could, that could be just a, a lot of, uh, negligence, you know, some negligence there, but there's just a responsibility to figure that out. Uh, I think that that carries weight. You got to, that that should be a priority on like, what is that? What should I be doing? Um, what can I be doing? And get really clear on it. Because you can't plan. You can't plan and carry out things if you don't know what what to plan for, or what to work towards, or what to, what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that, you know, it, it, it begins with understanding who you are because it's like from the place of identity flows purpose of vision. And, um, yeah, you can't. Yeah. You don't have a good understanding of who you are, what your gifts are, what, how you think and how you operate and, um, what you like, what you dislike and all that stuff. You don't. Yeah. You'll always be living in like the gray, the grayish, grayish area and, not really knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even like understanding like who God is, like a misconception of who God is will give you a, a misconception of who you are and that'll flow into everything you do. Yeah. And it's like, but having the correct perspective of, of who God is and then getting into what we're called to do as sons and daughters of God, of the King. Right. Um, it's massive, right? Because so in this parable, yeah, he's talking about the faithful servant is, is, is the one that the master can put in charge of, um, the other servants, um, and feed them, manage them and feed them. All right. Well, one guy does it, but he's like, well, what if the other guy doesn't? What, if, what if, what if he does it for a little bit, but then he's like, dude, this guy, this master's not coming back for a long time. So he just kind of, kind of like, you know, the vision, right? The whole vision concept of like, is this guy even coming back? Is anything he said actually true? Like, does any of this even freaking matter? Nothing's yeah. working out. Nothing, whatever. You know, it's like, man, this guy ain't coming back and I have the keys. I got the keys to do whatever I want. And so he starts beating the servants. He starts drinking and getting drunk and he's pretending like he's the master. Mm. Right. And, and it, it's fine for him for a little while, but he forgets that there's a time coming where the master will actually return. And then that guy will have to give an account for what he did and what he didn't do. And it's like, this guy was given resources to fulfill his job, to fulfill his assignment. But instead of using them with focus and diligence and care, right? He just, he used them on himself. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what have it said? Um, it says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, 
even more will be required. But I was thinking about this part that says, um, a servant who knows what his master wants, but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. But I was thinking about this in like the flip side of it, right? Like, because that's, uh, well, whatever. I was just thinking about it on the flip side. It's like, so a servant who knows what his master wants, right? Uh, when you know what you're supposed to do, you can give your whole self to it, right? Paul told Timothy, he's like, laid out these gifts. He's like, give yourself wholly to them and let everybody see your progress, right? Because by doing these things, like you'll save not only yourself, but your hearers as well. Just this concept of like giving your whole self over to like the kingdom, the kingdom purpose, and that everything you do, whether you work a job, um, raise your kids, whatever it is, it's on purpose and there's a greater purpose. And there's just, there's, there's things that we're responsible for more than just, I don't know, more than just what's sitting right in front of you. And, um, but yeah, so the, the, the servant who knows what the master wants gets diligent, right. And prepares to carry out those instructions and then succeeds in all they do. And it's just, this idea that there's there's people i don't know man there's there's people perishing there's people who god is very interested in encountering and it's like some of this stuff happens through what we do yeah man you hear stories of god showing up uh like jesus appearing to like some like a, a Muslim woman or something. And, you know, you hear stories like this and heck yes, yeah, legit. Yeah. But I'm telling you that doesn't negate the responsibility that we hold to represent God. Like we are the representatives, meaning like what we do affects whether he's represented or not and how we do what we do determines whether or not he's represented in his true image or not. But yeah, it's just like true. there's 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 this there's this weighty not like in fear, but there's just like this weighty responsibility that that is beautiful because it speaks to our value. It speaks to purpose. It speaks to that we're not mindless robots. We're not weak and broken. We're like we're agents of change. We're, mm. we're, we're ambassadors who know God and represent him like people who actually know him. Oh, there yeah. was something, man. I just read it um, in Luke. It was the, um, no. He was, Jesus was walking by and there's this blind guy sitting on the road and there's this big commotion, you know, because he's, he's, you know, all these people are following him and, um, the blind guy is like, hey, man, what's, you know, ask people next to him. He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, Jesus is coming. He's like, oh, my gosh. And he just starts shouting. He's like, Jesus, Jesus. You know, and everybody's like, dude, shut up. He's like, <laughs> don't bother him. And he's just like all the louder. He's like, son of David. And and Jesus stops and says, um, what can I do for you? He says, I want to see. And he says, then have it. Like your faith has healed you. 
I was just thinking how sexy that is. Like, here's this guy born blind. All of a sudden encounters Jesus. And he's just like, what can I do for you? I want to see. And the dude can see. Yeah. That's intense, man. Yeah. You want to talk about changing somebody's life. It's just like all of a sudden, what, what do you want? I want to see. Yeah. Then have it. Your faith has healed you. Wow. Boom. It's like, that's the, that's the kingdom on earth. Yeah. I was like, that's solving real world problems with kingdom solutions. That's like, that's just, that's just, bam. What do you want? (laughs) I want to see and have it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And have it. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I don't want a false picture of Jesus in my mind. Yeah. I don't want to wake up in the morning and think something incorrect. I don't want to look at myself and see myself in a light that Jesus doesn't see me. I want to walk around with the image of God who's like, what do you want? He's like, I want to see. He's like, then have it. Bam. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So the more we understand this concept of responsibility and what we're responsible, the more we can get into focus and attention and discipline, right? The, the more we can give ourselves wholly to it and progress and become epic, right? The potential that's inside of us to manifest the kingdom of heaven is there for the explicit purpose of being realized. Get so dialed in on what your gifts are and where to point them. And then with never ending creativity, display the true glory of God. My good peoples until next time.